0: okay are we back
1: Uh, if you want to be
0: no I'm not hearing anything
2: you aren't hearing anything
1: why are you asking him
2: that I'm just (laughs) hoping that if he responds I don't uh (laughs)
1: Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, the podcast that's been approved for children of all ages. The little shits,
0: so, kids. I, I, I think what's great. Most, is, I, I think it's mostly thirty-something man children.
1: Well, there's that.
2: I think we we've marked we mark this podcast explicit. So by by our very nature, we are not approved for uh, uh, children. I'm, it just
0: depends on how. Uh, how permissive the parents are. So again <laughs> That's the
2: best parenting. Yeah. Now again, man children, yes. Yes. We we have everything man you want. Mental ages. How about that?
1: Buy man children for man, man children. Oh <laughs> uh, I'm
2: not gonna <sighs> deny that. Nope.
1: I um,
0: really can't deny that considering I'm in the pa- I'm in the process of packaging up robot toys tonight. So <laughs> Yeah, but you're
2: selling them off. That that's I'm like off so that I can buy more. Oh, well, carry on then. Um, <laughs> now that, uh, I, I, I think you have to reach a certain age before you're like, I'm not a man child, you know, you know or, or when you, in your twenties, you're like, I'm not a man child. This is totally legit. See, here's all the, you know, the good things that come from this So you're trying to defend it. And then like in your thirties, it's like, no, you know what? I, I don't care anymore. It, it brings me pleasure, and so so few so few things in this world.
1: So, before we get started, uh, let's introduce who we've got on this week. Uh, I am John, the resident rash of the podcast, and with us we have Chad, our resident pimple. Okay. <laughs> and Dylan, our zits. Wow! I. Isn't
0: they aren't aren't are the I'm same? I'm pretty thing? sure they are.
1: Yeah, uh, factual statement. Yes, And you guys are kind of similar in a lot of ways, um, marginally different temperaments. But we'll get into that. Um, wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. We'll get into that. No, I, we, won't. Okay, good. we won't. I don't, I don't like where this is going.
1: <laughs> good. I started out with a Battletoads reference, so you know we're off to a great start. Ah,
2: yes. Okay, I see. I yeah, see yeah. What you did there. Speaking of man children, <laughs> indeed. And you actually have to be a man child to to understand that because Battletoads was a long yeah
1: yeah. You have you have to first uh, remember and and understand. You know, there there has to have... not only did you play it, but you 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 know played it enough to actually remember what their names were.
0: I have never played it and I don't remember their names.
2: Nintendo Power like there's a lot of games I didn't play but because of Nintendo Power I knew about. So eh, close enough. But you had to be alive during that time cuz why else would you know about Battletoads? Right. Well I'm I'm sure glad I'm
1: sure glad we expanded on that joke for, you know, a solid 2 minutes um
2: yeah. build time because Charlie's not here we're gonna go on for three hours true it, it's it's that's the least of our problems
1: yeah we we, we once again are without Charlie Elva this time I don't think he's stuck in the nation's fifth uh, most dangerous city I think he's just late yep he, he's, he says you know he's late running errands or something i'm I'm pretty sure it's his girlfriend's fault but, i I think uh, he
2: double
0: booked it's or, it's usually. It's usually a woman's fault somewhere down the line. I
1: I am not saying that is always a woman's fault. I'm just saying in this. I'm not case. saying it's always.
0: I'm just saying a lot of the time.
1: I'm just saying in this case in particular, Charlie was a lot more reliable until you know she came along.
2: Guys, I'm just saying. Uh, I I may occasionally be late for things, but uh, it's it's never never a woman's fault. We we never considered that. Cool. Cool.
1: I, I, you know what? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say that Dylan is having like awesome, you know, super sex all the time.
2: Can it just be normal? Like, do you have to?
1: It it can be, but I mean, I I guess it depends on what level of effort you want to put in. You know what? I don't
2: want to. I don't want to create a like. See, the yes. I. I don't want to be the kid who's like. I think I'm too old to go. Like, yes, I have a girlfriend I met at summer camp. She lives in Canada.
1: <laughs> yes, you were definitely a little old for that. I, I, I,
0: well, well, Dylan, we were considering getting you a mail order bride for your birthday. Nobody was considering
1: doing that except for maybe you
0: and, and Charlie. You. Uh, Charlie suggested Russian.
1: I think but I said, th- "Oh, oh, that's right. I remember this. I said Latvian."
0: I suggested tie, but only That's because it was a fifty percent chance of it being a transsexual.
2: Not that there's anything wrong with that. Indeed. But Chad would Chad would like to freak someone out like that.
1: Eh, I'm not saying he wouldn't
0: freak someone out. Or
1: Chad, or, uh, Chad are are you still you know? Uh wrapping up boxes of gundams. Or, I'm putting uh,
0: stuff away <laughs> here.
1: Or or is this uh you know you taping up someone in the basement? I just yes. want to be clear because like I am, I,
0: I am not commenting on what Okay. I, I don't I, want, am doing. I
1: don't want to be an accessory to anything. I don't think anyone that's listening wants to either. So
2: But he ain't gonna talk. <laughs> you know that's sad I mean, I mean, a second. I mean there we go. He's, he's, he's it's just done getting rid of some gundams. There's it is there's done. No one there to never talk to the authorities again.
1: Yeah, one one of these days, uh, we're going to get Chad to admit something, and we're going to get Yuri Lundahl to tell us what it was he did for the Japanese government.
2: Well,
0: see, the I, I can assure you that, that the uh, authorities will never find the bodies I buried in Dylan's backyard. I'm sure they won't.
2: I, I mean, he buried. I, I, I mean, like I they, have no knowledge of bodies. Considering how how many years I've lived with roommates and the, the cycle through of like the, the number of different people have lived in the house. I, you have a very hard time of saying my backyard without also saying actually someone else's backyard too. Well, when the body only in your mind, would you be targeting me
0: when, when the bodies have been dumped there over such a long period of time and you're the one who hasn't changed. So, uh, I mean hypoth- hypothetically speaking if there were any bodies.
1: A- anyway, can can we talk about something you know
0: not really important
1: or important, I don't know. Not just, about killing people. What do months? we have that's important? Um well, if you guys have been following them on Twitter or on Facebook or anything like that, um, you guys know that our old friends the Slants have been doing lots and lots and lots of interviews this week. Um now, uh, in addition to Chainsaw Buffet, the Slants have now done interviews with uh, ESPN Radio, CBS Radio, uh, BBC World, and Time. Wow. Um, and, and that's just a few of the ones that they did this week. Um, it really, uh, Simon's just been tearing it up.
2: BBC um, BBC World. Yes. Playing in uh, classy hotel rooms everywhere.
1: Indeed. Kind of like
2: an HK World or whatever.
1: Or HK whatever. World is the best. I, I, I thank God every day. Uh, there is a uh, HK World that has uh, kawaii news.
2: <laughs> once I, I only day. mention that because BBC World is one of those uh, stations that I don't know that we get here, but I, I just know that we've watched it in that context of like, this is this is classier than c n n yeah it's you know
1: if if you're at an anime convention you're staying at the con hotel and it's a fairly nice hotel chances are it's gonna have an h k world and you can just you know leave that on while you're at the convention and it kinda adds to your whole experience. Because even when you're back in the room you're uh you're you're indeed being, you're being inundated with uh you know, Japanese culture and world news and things of that nature.
2: But anyway, we've gotten way off track. I here. did not mean to do that, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Back to the slants.
1: Um anyway, yeah, I just kinda wanted to mention it because uh I will post uh to their um Facebook and Twitter and their website. Uh I think I've done that recently. I'll do it again though. Um just so you guys can follow along with uh all the interviews yeah. and stuff they do as they continue to try and uh, register their band name uh, with the patent office. Um, but I, I just thought it was worth mentioning because they did hit so many major media outlets this week, and it's really surreal because, uh, you know, Simon, uh, thanks in large part to uh, Chris from the Manpower, was the first person I, I ever interviewed. Um, uh, more out of you know circumstance and scheduling but you know back when we right after we first started the podcast um you know i talked to chris from the manpower about doing an interview with them because we were small we were just starting out and you know it'd be cool to do an interview we thought and uh he's like yeah you know simon's gonna be at and maybe we can atlanta too you want me to talk to him i'm like yeah that'd be great so you know that's how it started and uh and we had him on again uh, later with uh, Notorious MSG and the Manpower, and one of the weirdest and most awesome uh, interviews we've ever done. And
2: uh, oh, hell, we've gone downhill!
1: Yeah, we've we've gone way downhill. We well, peaked early.
2: Up- to be fair, that was that was like a scheduling snafu. Like we requested a bunch of people, and they were like, "Sure, okay." Here you go this is <laughs> this is the only thing that will work. like technically, we've gone uphill but but good interviews are rarely spectacles
1: yeah that that was definitely a spectacle, and it was it wasn't anyone's fault per se it was just one of those you know we we had we definitely had to roll with the punches on that one, and
2: uh as well, when I say spectacle, I mean like ten people in a room,
1: yeah. And again that was that was still you know fairly early in our uh development, so at the time we didn't know everyone uh that was working in tech media as well as we do now and so you know we you know it behooved us to be uh, very um very easy to work with so <laughs> you know yeah, other people might have gotten frustrated, but we're like, you know, it's fine, it's cool, whatever, as long as it gets done. We'll interview all three of them at once. Sure, why not? So, <laughs> it turned out really good. I mean, it's probably awful as far as our input, but there's some really genuinely funny stuff that happened in that. Um. Anyway, uh, just wanted to, to bring that up, uh, continue to support those guys, and... Uh, Really just wish them all the best. And hopefully we'll get them back on the podcast one of these days to just sort of talk and goof around and
2: Yeah, I think we did a video at uh when they're at ImTac, I think they tend to do um press conference style interviews just because yeah. of the number of people.
1: Um Which is something we started typically. with GMX. Um because we we did that with Rob Paulson. I think that tends to go over fairly well.
2: Yeah. it's... It's really nice, especially, like, just to see what other people are asking in that way. Like, they get your questions, you get theirs. You know, it it tends to go more places than, you know, just sitting down and, you know, you've got your questions that you want to ask. Right.
1: Um, Anyway, uh, moving on, because this is a slow-ass moving podcast. I'm just going to say it. Um, It's okay. Um, get ready for another you know, two-hour podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just gonna hit a few uh, things that happened during the week. Um, rest in peace, Wii. Um, we barely knew you, and by barely knew you, I mean you know we haven't played you since 2011. Um, Actually,
2: I, I have. I've played a couple of things on the Wii since then, but not not a whole
1: lot. Um, the Wii is being discontinued in Japan um they're still saying that it's going to be available uh in the United States it, the the official statement was it's going to be available in the US um and you'll be able to purchase one this holiday season it didn't really you know it wasn't exactly a rousing vote of support for the console's life as far as distribution beyond uh the holiday but then again it's not like anyone's really developing
2: for it so shouldn't really be that surprising, though.
1: No, I mean, the Wii U came out in 2012. They've thrown all their eggs into that basket now, so it was just a matter of time. Um, Dylan, what was your favorite Wii game?
2: Um, I would say Twilight Princess because I can't think of too many other games that I sat down and played all the way through. I There's a lot that I'd really like to have played. Like I kind of wish I'd gone through New Super Mario Bros. Wii... Um,
1: but only only so with one uh, person
2: <laughs> and yeah and uh, yeah and also um mario kart was good but i really feel like it had a it just like it couldn't really beat double dash
1: you know double dash is probably the best mario kart but i did gain a new appreciation for the wii one win what was it last year? We went to uh, someone's house and they did a Mario Kart tournament that included every Mario Kart game. And yeah. uh, playing through them all, you know, I used to have a, a soft spot for Mario Kart sixty four, and the battle mode on that is still supremely good. But playing it now, it's like, oh my god, this game is um, terrible.
2: It is the weakest, and you're like, wow, how did this franchise survive? <laughs>
1: right, but, but Double Dash is is definitely. Uh, the best, and Wii, uh, Wii is right behind it. Um, I think mine, uh, other than Wii Sports, <laughs> was yeah. probably um, Soccer Awards. So Long My Love, but uh, it, th- to tell you about as much as that, as far as that goes, is that wasn't even really a Wii game, that was a PS2 game that got ported over to the Wii and you know, had the least bit of weeniness to it, so. Um, anyway. Can mm-hmm. just go ahead and, and pour some dirt on that and uh, move it along? Uh, talking about newer, shinier technology, there's um, some more indications that the Xbox One is going to run Windows 8 apps, and I only, it's not a surprising bit of news, but I do bring it up because although I don't know that Windows 8 is the platform that anyone would have chosen, I do really like the idea of sort of that universal platform for desktop, mobile, and gaming.
2: Yeah, I I don't think it's technically... Like, I think Windows Phone 8 is technically not... Like, you can't just port something directly, but still, I mean, that that is pretty cool, and that's... I kind of expected them to do this, just the way that they've been pushing, you know, Metro and everything. So right. It's and it's kind of exciting, just for, um, you know, like okay, you're not going to get X and A like you did in, or um, on the 360. As an, I'm not sure if they're opening this up to indie developers or not. So. I can't say, but mm. that's going to give you MonoGame, which is basically the open source um, attempt to clone XNA. Um, it's going to give you Unity. It's going to give you like, if they do open this up, if this is what the uh, ID at Xbox program is like, then I mean, you're you're actually getting at some good stuff. I think
1: it's it's really uh, kind of funny because now Microsoft has traded places with Sony for this generation where the PlayStation 3 was trying to be the multimedia it only does everything device that is now yeah. what the Xbox One is doing
2: well and I don't I, I agree with that I don't know like if it can run Windows 8 apps then it's I, I think it may have trumped Sony in the hey where the you know the open independent supporting console depending on on whether they open that up or not right
1: I'm gonna switch gears uh, to a couple of really horrible things this week um, oh. you guys may have heard about this um, some of you at home I'm not judging but you may you may have already googled this but there has been sort of a fuss from Sony because uh, the game that we talked about, uh, I believe last week, was it, or a week before? Uh, Beyond Two Souls. Um, there has been some people that, using a debug menu, which you can't access with a normal PS3, um, found nude scenes of the character that Ellen Page plays uh, in Beyond Two Souls by basically hacking into the game's camera from the debug menu. And then, uh, naturally, because, of course, uh, they started putting it on the internet. And there's a a few things about this I find bizarre. Um, The first one is... This isn't like the hot coffee mod from Grand Theft Auto 3 where it was in the game and buried and you had to, you know... Purchase the mod to access it. It's one of those things that it's in the game, it's in the code. But why would you render that for the cutscene? Like, why why are you rendering the whole?
0: Because everybody wants to see the protagonist in the shower.
1: Yeah, but if if the scene you're going to show like
2: a Barbie doll or
1: exactly, if if the whole thing is going to be censored anyway. You know, why are you putting the fully featured anatomy into the game in the first place? You really didn't think because there there are entire websites devoted to people hacking games and finding content that's not used, that someone wasn't going to do this.
2: My guess is, okay, if you're working on a game and like you're dealing with the normal development deadlines and stuff like that, probably the last thing on your mind is what would happen if people like that is why
1: well talking about development deadlines, it, it took extra time to render that. It's not actually her body. Yeah.
2: No, I I, I but, agree with that.
0: Well, apparently the uh maker has done full frontal nudity in other games, so well,
2: again that, they may have
0: considered it. Wait, debut. wait, wait.
2: What who who is
0: the developer for this? Uh what and and they apparently have done it before, so it's more likely that they just kind of changed their mind at the last minute it was going to be more to take it out completely than it would be to leave it in and just close it off so that you can't get
2: to it normally. Well, I mean, that, like, I'm sure that's kind of, because, I mean, that's what happens, like, coming from, from an angle of, like, web development. Everyone just assumes, like, it, it's easy to make the assumption, oh, well, this button, you know, like, I build the link only with, you know, the correct data. So there's no way anyone else would copy, you know, put some other value into a URL that would break my code. You know, th- there's always the assumption that you control the environment even though you don't. And I, it's probably m- even more the case on a console where, you know, you you really do control the hardware.
1: Uh, are you ready for my con- uh, conspiracy theory about this? Yes. <laughs> Dylan, do you want to guess my conspiracy theory about this? I bet you can.
2: Um, they wanted this to get out so that uh, it would generate uh, buzz for, an buzz for the game. game.
1: Yes. There you go. I, I don't know that that's a factual statement. I, that's, that's literally just me throwing that out there. I have nothing to substantiate that. But... <laughs> here's here's the thing, um like uh Chad pointed out, they've done it in other games. there is apparently a glitch in heavy rain that let you see the female protagonist nude as well, so I don't know, you know, it seems like either they're really slow to learn their lesson or it's in there for a reason, but i
0: well, yeah. and
2: you you know if if I was going to speculate. I wouldn't necessarily think it's a conspiracy theory because that seems like a lot of effort to go to. My question would be like, obviously, maybe we're the prudes who are going, well, of course it should be like, of course these characters should be like Barbie and Ken dolls because, you know, what's the point? Well, whereas, who's the the people saying that again? Okay, John and I both said that. Well,
1: here's the thing what my point was. Since Sony and Ellen Page are objecting to this having been discovered and leaked, my problem was if you had a problem with it being out there, you should have made sure it was never in the game to begin with. Um, and, and that's really more on Sony than it is Ellen Page. Obviously, she just you know showed up, you know, did you know motion capture and voiceover and whatever, and you know she
2: wouldn't have been used as a model for this exactly. And she wouldn't, but... and
1: she would have no working knowledge of any of the code it in the game.
2: Stuff like her that, you know, there there's well it might reflect badly on her as is, is I guess. Well,
1: point. that in the world of internet celebrity and, you know, yeah. putting people's heads on naked people's bodies and all that sort of stuff. But that was more my problem. I don't necessarily have a problem with nudity in games per se. I'm just saying, you know, if if you're going to complain about it and you're the ones who made the game dot dot dot
2: well, I'm, I'm just going to float this, and I know nothing about the developer, and I know nothing about the game, um, but is it possible that I don't know? They just thought this was funny or this was cool in their book. Like, I'm just like software development, like those companies that do that don't always have the best track record for, you know, sexual harassment.
1: I think the... the no, especially
2: uh, in the games industry.
1: I think the most likely scenario is the one that Chad laid forth where they considered putting that into the game and then somebody somewhere, either Sony or Ellen Page herself, or you know, there was some pressure from someone to take it out. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I don't know who was privy to what win or anything like that that's that just seems like the most likely scenario was that some somebody thought "Eh, maybe you know we could do this and then someone eventually along uh, along you know either from within the developer or outside said no we can't do that and they fixed it without taking it all the way out of the game so i i don't know it's an interesting um it's an interesting story we could we could probably discuss it for a while and not really have the full story. And I don't know if, you know, anyone from Quantic Dream would ever, you know, come forward and explain, no, this is what happened. And, you know, this is the reason why, but I'm, I'm tempted to, it's perplexing.
2: I'm tempted to assume, um, what is it? Don't, don't assume, um, you know, like malignance when you're, when stupidity will do. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, that's pretty much what we were saying. Um, I don't I don't see a conspiracy theory. I don't necessarily even see people doing, you know, ho oh, oh, ho oh, ho, let's draw a nude, you know. No. What well, I would mean, just be somebody
0: was going to I mean, it was going to be out there anyway.
1: Yeah, it, again, it's it's an interesting story. It's worth you know, it's worth talking about and discussing, but again, yeah, it's probably nothing that salacious. It was probably just oopsie.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a shower seat. Yeah. So
1: and it, you know it's it's yeah. not really her guys, so you know there's there's that. So uh, speaking of uh, weird stuff in games, I like to think of us as your source for uh, what the hell Japan stuff. And you know, generally speaking, I'm I'm in favor of a lot of Japan's quirky and sometimes incomprehensible uh, forays into what what we should really be calling art, but. This is maybe a little much for me even to even try and defend because of what it is. Um, there's a game, uh, that had a trailer released for it, uh, called Akiba's Trip 2. Yes, there is, there is a sequel, uh, this is Prequel. a sequel, yeah. Um, but it's a game where, uh, you, uh, are trying to, uh, find demons. In fact, Dylan, uh, Remember Nagiqa?
2: Oh, remember!
1: Remember uh, how they were supposed to find all the other humorates, but the only way they could do it was by locating a uh, like a, a serial number and a you know thing that was uh, basically written on them in invisible ink, and they had to go searching for it. And it was usually on their butts. Uh, yeah,
2: I. Yeah. Well, well,
1: this is similar, like, you're hunting demons in this game, and you. this is, like...
2: <laughs> Those two hunt elves? Those two
1: hunt elves. This is not the first time that uh, Japan has tried this, but it is probably one of its first, if not its first, uh, forays into gaming with this concept. But yes, you have to uh, beat the clothing off of people.
2: Uh, are we sure this isn't just, like, Japan's equivalent of... Uh... You know the pizza guy or the cable guy or something. You know, like the <laughs> stereotypes. Maybe,
1: but, although I don't think this is you know considered a uh, a pornographic game. It's just you know th- they sparkle when you take off their clothes and
0: everything in Japan is pornographic. Oh, let's not do that. No.
1: Then we just spend the opening talking about not being racist you know towards Asians or anyone else for that
0: matter. Not today.
1: Uh, anyway, I do
2: find I'll put this. No, no, I will throw this out of here. Maybe Chad's just saying all countries and all races are equally terrible. <laughs> he just expects nothing good. Yes, he I, doesn't. It's not that he expects bad things out of a certain race. He just doesn't expect anything good out of humanity in general.
1: Uh, you know what? I'll vouch for that. Um, I will put the I trailer up for this one, though. Just so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But it is, it's a thing that's happening. We'll probably never see it unless you import it. And, and, you know, that's all I'm going to say about it. It's a thing that happened. Um, Yep.
0: That's a thing, all right.
1: All right. Last bit of news before we uh, move on to other things. Um, From the department of, I'm just saying what you all are thinking. Um, One of the developers from Infinity Ward. Uh, who is the developer behind uh, the Call of Duty series, you know, the Modern Warfare series. Although, really, they're not really Infinity Ward because those guys uh, all staged a coup with Activision and left and joined EA as uh, Respawn. But the people who are now working for Infinity Ward, one of them, uh, I believe the name was uh, Mark Rubin, who's listed as an executive producer, um, made the comment that Call of Duty players are not, quote, hardcore gamers. Um now there's there's a few things. Uh, in fact, the quote goes on say they're they they aren't hardcore gamers or even gamers. Um, this this sort of That's, falls into the stereotype of Call of Duty being the bro dude game, which yeah, they, those people do exist.
2: See the the problem I have with that. Oh, they're gamers is you know there's there's kind of a whole line of thought too that you know all these people who are doing casual gamer gaming. On Facebook, like everyone is a gamer. Well, well that, there,
1: you know, there's there's a spectrum of gaming. Uh, what you're
2: saying is is these guys are fake geek guys. No, what I'm saying. No, no what what this guy is saying.
1: I, I what he's saying is that they don't play any other games other than Call of Duty, according to his line of thinking. And hey,
2: hey, there's always Madden.
1: There's always Madden and probably GTA Five. Um, But, you know, it's it's kind of a dumb thing to say as a, uh, you know, to be an executive producer of Infinity Ward because I don't think he meant it in a derogatory way. But, um, you know, saying that so many of your players aren't gamers, um, even if it's, you know, true from, you know, the way that we perceive gamers, quote unquote, you know, there are... There are gamers, there are so-called hardcore gamers and casual gamers, and then there are, you know, casual and hardcore Call of Duty players. And you can be one or several of those things without, you know, it's not mutually exclusive. Because you play Call of Duty, it doesn't mean that you're not a hardcore gamer. You don't play other types of games. And, you know, just because you do play Call of Duty hardcore doesn't mean that you necessarily play every type of game. And we know those people. Those are the people that buy, you know, Strange games that are awful because the box art looks cool. We've seen, yes, we've seen those people. I've seen those people because they said, "You know, I like Call of Duty. Well, I'm going to pick up Hawks for, you know, the 360 because it looks like Call of Duty, even though it, you know, it's
2: awful. A completely different genre. Yeah. I I haven't known anyone like this, or at least they haven't. uh...
1: Well, I mean, not personally, but okay. It's it's. You know, we've encountered those people You know, if, if you've ever been to Walmart And stood in the electronics department You've probably had some exchange With yeah. somebody like that And not that there's anything wrong with that per se But, you know
0: I don't know about you But I try not to hang around in the aisles at Walmart
1: Me too I, try, I, I don't want to get sucked Into the singularity that is The Duck Dynasty Walmart Synergy there's never been anything that's a little scary. Th- there's never been anything like a more perfect pairing of anything with anything ever. You know butter and bread, no. No, it has nothing on Walmart and Duck Dynasty. I, I think the, I think what the two demographics just merge into one singularity that
2: what does freak me out is like there is a there's a display of Duck Dynasty merchandise and just how complete it is. Like the the variety of merchandise you can buy for and that it's show. Right in one place in the store in Walmart, not in like Best Buy or, you know, a bookstore one of the places you go to buy things like that. But in well,
0: the, the, the people who. Watch Doug Dynasty,
2: really aren't interested in books that don't have pictures, so... Listen. I, you know, I and I'm going to throw this out here, too. Like, I've, I've seen, um... You know, like, if you go to McKay's, like, the used bookstore, and you look at the high demand... It gets filed under... I've seen it filed under the religion section. <laughs> I, I don't even, like, along with Tim Tebow's book, and, like, people who are actually recognizable religious authors, but it's, like, I don't understand. Wow, it. that's. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I don't know enough about it, 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 but it it makes perfect sense if you think about it. It's like someone,
1: you know, when they're creating Duck Dynasty, Walmart came to what channel is it on? Is it? A and E, really, really
0: uh, no, A really A and E. Okay, <laughs> really? let me let me explain what has happened. Now that every <laughs> I, I was thinking it was the alternate history channel. Now, <laughs> now
2: that every network was showing anyway. is like leaning on reality TV, there is no difference between A and E and history and yeah, TV. Anything else like how is it's Honey TV. Boo Boo learning versus Duck Dynasty art and entertainment? I don't know. <laughs> Does it matter? It's reality TV and everything is now.
1: Um, Heroes of cosplays on sci fi,
2: with the sci fi.
1: Anyway, what I was saying was that it was like, you know, Walmart came to Annie and said, we want you to create the perfect product for us. And yep. that's what they came up with.
2: Uh, I, you know, as much as you're like, ah, oh, the Duck Dynasty guys, like the few episodes of it I've seen, they actually do seem really intelligent and not at all like you know uh, self-aggrandizing dicks like most people in reality shows do. So
1: I, I'm not saying that they aren't. I'm sure there's like a high level of kayfabe going on here. Um, like we're just going to do wacky things for the
2: TV. we're going to do wacky things for the camera because let's let's just have fun. We can do whatever the hell we want. Let's do that.
1: Because here's the thing You don't have to be smart to make a lot of money But you do have to be at least reasonably smart To keep it Yes Um. So you know uh, Yeah I'm not willing I'm not saying they're Einstein But I'm also not willing to say that uh, You know They're the dumbest people I've ever seen You know that that might go to the Kardashians I mean what
0: Yeah
2: why, why are people <laughs> watching them um they're famous for being famous, what's not to like.
1: It seems like a paradox. <laughs> like we need we need to kill all the Kardashians so we can resolve this paradox. No, some
0: destroy his reality. Someone
2: will just 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 take their place. If you strike them down, they will only be stronger apparently.
1: <sighs> anyway, uh, that does it for you know, gaming related news this week. Um,
2: I I actually do want to go back to one point. You were talking about like the people who go into Walmart and buy whatever looks cool. Yes. Um, I don't like. I don't think that's so different from anything else. No, it's not. In the sense that, like, I mean, how do people watch crappy TV shows? They turn something on because it looks cool because they hear a lot about it, not because they're going through and going okay, what is, like, what are all my options? People, you know, people listen to, you know, crappy pop stars not because they're going, you know, they're not reading, you know, a music magazine and trying to... No, they this is they not heard a, on the radio. Yeah, and this is not a bad thing. It's just how people who are not super into a particular thing... Right you know, expand their horizons. Like I said,
1: there's nothing wrong with any of that. You know, I I say it all the time. Like what I really like, it's fine. I think we could
0: aim a little higher, maybe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No. You know, they probably like video games probably are a thing that they are into, but they do not rank like high enough at the list. Like I will spend I will budget time out of my day to play a game but I will not budget extra time out of my day to learn about what's going on in the world of gaming right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, even
1: in the age of the internet where we can, you know, google these things and you know, we can find, you know, even even you know, middling websites uh related to gaming. You could maybe god forbid find Kotaku or something. Um and fun gaming quote unquote news. Um, but, you know, a lot of people still get their information just by, you know, they have a guy. You know, I, before the days of the internet, I was the guy. When you didn't, you know, want to or know everything about all the games that were coming out and that stuff. You know, you came and talked to me. I was I was that guy. And you know, people had those Yeah, you know, some people still have a guy for that. They don't bother with looking it up or anything. And that's 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 how they get, you know, Defiance of the game. So
2: You know, I, I can't I can't say much about Defiance of the Game because my brother in law he was actually watching it and also playing it. And it didn't seem to be like a horrible um it seemed like your general, you know, MMO, except a, a shooter sci-fi version. Didn't see all the crazy white people, you know, like albino people that they have in the, <laughs> all sci-fi, the crazy sci-fi white
1: show. people. <laughs> oh, shout outs to Henry.
2: I, I sound like a racist now against my own kind.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, hey, now now you, too, can uh, join the slants in your fight to clear your name as not being a racist against your own kind. Woohoo! hoo um, So, moving on, uh, Chad, what do you have for us on the Dice pile this week?
0: Well, uh, Dylan and I made a trip to McKay's the other day, or today, and uh, found a bunch of old stuff for cheap. Uh, this is real nostalgia. I bought a pile of nostalgia stuff, so like first edition Shadowrun and uh, second edition West End Star Wars, a bunch of other stuff that we've mentioned. So turning back the clock, what was the first RPG you played? And any horrible or amusing stories from
1: that period? Um, wow, well, this is... You know, I'm going to take this opportunity to shout out uh, AwesomeCast because Dylan and I uh, filled in uh, with Basil this week. Um, so check that out when it comes out. Maybe a year from now, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, we talked at length, we had some RPG questions, and wasn't one of them well, was the first RPG we ever played, or was it something like that?
2: Um, I don't think so because I don't remember telling this story, but I think we may have touched on something like it. Okay. I, I know we talked about like the best and worst games and things that like
1: that. That may have that. been that. It's uh it's been a day or two since then, so I've I've forgotten. But um you know I started playing I, I had not played a pen and paper RPG before I uh went to college. So the first I played was uh third edition D and D. Um and God, there's a lot of horror stories from from that. <laughs> like I'm, su- I'm surprised I still play pen and paper RPGs. Uh,
2: you know, I, at all. I, I don't know. I, I don't think like looking back, it was horrible. But at the same time, I kind of understand why a lot of it happened. And we were also in college, so we were not exactly uh, like fully cooked em- yet. Yes, fully cooked is a good way to put it. Fully emotionally cooked. And so yeah, you have this weird these weird pissing contests that uh involved role-playing games. Pissing contests against people who don't even play role-playing games as well. Pissing contests against people we didn't even like.
0: Yeah. Or care
1: about. Um But it was just so many awful things. Um <laughs>
0: Just, just so much awful. I I can't No, There was. I I, I think that's usually the way people's first. First game usually is
2: the crazy thing is, though, I remember Uh, like a lot of those early sessions were really amazing, but they all kind of blend together. And it's the horrible stuff that like sticks out
0: that that
1: really is what sticks out. And I think it's because, you know, it was very, 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 very structured. And very, you know, do not go outside of this box. Um, but that was useful starting out because we needed the box. Um, it became less useful, though, when we, you know, started wanting to go outside of that box.
2: I always felt like the box was in terms of... And sorry, I'm kind of... It's fine. I always felt like the box was more in terms of plot than world. Well... Like- that's
1: that's the thing though, is that you know, we had a ship
2: and we could go anywhere. But don't you dare kill this guy that I need later.
1: <laughs> it, that yeah, exactly. That's kind of my point. Is that you know RPG is about storytelling, but it's about storytelling as a group. And when you are not allowed to take part in that story, it's really a crappy experience as a player because that you know that's kind of the whole point of wanting to play, especially starting out, because you have this idea for a character and you want to you know make this story for him, but when you can't do anything, you know, it's like, why did I make this character? Why am I, why am I spending my time thinking about it and trying to come up with these ideas? There's.
2: Well, to be fair, there, there are lots of different ways that, that kind of, um, deal or contract between the GM and the player can play out lots of different ways you can do that storytelling. It's to me, it's not so much that you, like both parties are given full control necessarily, but there is a, there is like an agreement of here's the type of game we are playing and this is what we expect. And we are not going to be, you know, we're not going to try to force this game into something else.
1: Right. Well, on the other end of the spectrum there, when we were playing the third edition game with drew that went on for yeah. What was it? Two years or something. Uh, to Drew's credit, he did a very good job of talking with me, and I assume you other guys as well, of getting an idea of what it is we wanted to do and what our ideas were. And we'd talk and have a back and forth and a give and take about what was going to happen. And we understood. Yeah. You, know, you know, I wasn't going to get mad if we said no. That's not going to work. You know, that's going to be a little too much. And he didn't get mad when I you know kind of went a little. You know, crazy on one end, or God forbid, when Jeffrey just went, you know, took a left turn. But. It's a
2: different type of crazy. Yes, it, like it, for everyone. Yes, but, yeah. But again, like that's a different. I, I think I I think like those early games compared to that that game. Um, there's both. There's a valid way to run both of those types of games. Hang on. Oh Valid way to run both of those types of games. It just you know you have to make sure that's what um your players are expecting it to be <laughs> anyway sorry i kind of
1: oh it's it's fine I, that that's pretty much my whole thought on on the uh, the early days of my dredging game. up
2: bad memories
1: yeah it's it's the second time in uh you know the last 48 Jeez. hours or so I've, yeah i've had to, i've oh, had to deal gosh, with so. uh you know dio um, oh yes, of
2: course.
0: <laughs> you know the Help thing I'll is stab you in the neck.
1: The thing is, is that right now as Dylan and I are sitting in separate rooms and Chad is in a different house all you know, miles away, uh, Dylan and I both have the same middle image of what Chad was doing the entire time. Yes, it involves shaking a wristwatch.
2: Oh my god! Actually, it was
0: Mr. Burns' fingers, but that's yeah. But he, he would have, the way he would have imagined,
1: adjusted his wristwatch, which was too big for his wrist anyway.
0: I don't. You know, I I always imagine him as doing the uh, Mr. Burns fingers. You know, he did.
1: He did.
2: As as terrible as that all was, like it, it, you see, what it, we're going to do? We're going to have Satan, but he's not very good at his job. <laughs> Tell <them> this
0: story <laughs> on the awesome it cast. Oh, oh, that a, oh, that was a
1: so it, yeah. it, it, they're the awesome cast for that story. <laughs> oh yes. man,
2: yeah, like that that those two. You cannot watch listen to one episode without listening to the other in this this week. It it sounds like yeah, cross
1: promotion. Um, it works.
2: And uh, so, see, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm fine with with these horrible moments mixed with these great early moments of gaming. Where we the horrible play. moments at least give you people
0: you can talk about later on in life.
2: Yeah, and the and the even the great moments were like we weren't used to it. It wasn't like like Basil was saying we didn't have like the D and D like we didn't have the model of what role playing games are. So everything was just <laughs> wonderful. And new. We could do whatever we want instead of like. Okay, I'm going to be the tank this time. And, um, you know. Or this time I'm going to carry a spork. Yes. Dang it. it uh, we can make the monthly game happen. Going,
1: going to carry as much mistletoe as uh, is uh, allowable because it costs nothing and it weighs nothing. <laughs> so exactly. I'm just going to always have no, 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 a ton no. of it. My, Using- my,
0: my favorite... RPG thing is always have the character carrying around a bag of flour matches and a bellows. That's almost
2: like that's a certain level of creepy. Like I, I don't want to play a game with you. And I played a game like this at origins. It was a, a modern day call of Cthulhu game where the guys knew way too well, how you would like raid an office building as a SWAT team. It's like, <laughs> if you actually like, have done this? Why are you playing a game of like? Yeah, if you if you know how to blow up a uh, small medieval building with flour, I I don't know if I want to associate with you. It,
0: it it doesn't actually blow up the building. It just creates fills the room with fire, which hurts everything in it and is pisses this, it off.
1: Is this like the windmill kind of thing? Yeah, the thing I've heard of this. Yeah, it,
0: it's it's the whole. Coffee creamer cannon thing.
1: Yeah, I've I've heard of this, and I don't know if that makes me a bad person, Dylan. You may not want to associate with me anymore. I'm sorry. do you
2: want to do it? Do you do you take glee in the idea of doing it? Do you like? Yes, this is a totally legitimate I, thing for a good glee character in, to
0: do. No, I, I take glee in the in the GM not seeing it coming when the entire room blows up. Oh,
1: I'm not sure how you don't see that coming, but okay.
0: Well, there are people who haven't heard of the uh, surface area
2: flammability rule. You have to like you have to explain science to your DM to get that work to work. No, this totally works. I can do this. Then you show them the clip
0: of it on your the, phone. Then you do it
1: to their house and I mean what?
0: <laughs> Only if they don't If not you. busted, right? So anyway, Dylan, what was your
2: first um, one? Oh man this this is a question I've, I've wanted to add, answer since you Uh-oh. Know. my hey. first my first role playing game legitimately was uh, Warhammer Fantasy and I think I only played this once because back when I was in Boy Scouts um, you know on campouts the older boys would go off and and play RPGs and like some of us younger boys would just always pester them to play because we wanted to be in we you know. We didn't know what this thing was, but I'd played like Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy on Nintendo. So I knew this thing was awesome.
1: How Uh, hard could it be, right?
2: Yeah. And I think I do remember we actually got to play once. I do not remember which campout it was on. I do not remember what we did. I do not remember anything about it. But I do remember that when I got home, obviously not having a book not having an idea of where to to get the dice or the books or anything. I was like, I sat down and opened up Microsoft Works and was just like, I tried to create my own system based on like
0: <laughs> Final based Fantasy on style
2: yeah. rules instead of like, oh, I have a very small number of hit points and I have to make this two hit roll. It was no, like, no, you get 100 hit points and... You have an <laughs> attack value and a defense value and, you know, swords, you know, like a a short sword is just weak and a sword that's only slightly better is ludicrously more powerful because that's how Final Fantasy works. Um, and I did that, like, I, I remember playing around with a lot of different concepts uh, like that just because this, this idea of an, a role-playing game was just like amazed me as a kid and um i think it, what's funny like from that i remember there were a couple times in high school and possibly even junior high where we talked about playing and we got as far as rolling up a character mm. and i think i did play a couple of sessions of like second edition in uh high school and probably some Actually yeah. I, I know I did play uh the Western Games uh D six Star Wars in, in high school. Which is
0: which is an awesome game still.
2: Yeah, that was and actually that was I wanna say I, I actually played around with a lot of other like creating your own RPG um things mm-hmm. outside of that. I know when I was on homebound for a year, like I had a friend who I'd just like call up and that's what we would do in the evenings is do like RPG games. And then of course, yeah, I got into college and then you know i i kind of feel like that is when I actually started playing role playing games legit and you know really got some understanding of what
0: the yeah whole game was. i was
2: i kind of feel the same
0: way it was college that got that where, where where i actually started now i you know the first first game I ever played was second edition d and d and well one of the party it let, let's just say that the people I was playing with them were something like less mature versions of the unmentionable one and uh one of the characters was a priest of syphilis, the god of disease I remember, like, I remember
2: a lot of your story like he would
0: touch people i mean it was it it was pretty horrible and it ended with me getting teleported into a tree. No, into the trunk of the tree. <laughs> and the the first game that I GM'd was actually in I, I don't remember if it was high school or college. It was like probably my senior year, I think. So this guy was part of the same group of unmentionable ones. And
2: it's we funny quite, how many people End up taking on that title. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm done. One,
0: one day I will too. Anyway,
2: no, I, I don't think you'll ever fall. To we this will. Level. I, I was gonna say one day we all will, and we See, will be uh, lost this, forever in a universe of pure hatred.
0: This is one I, I believe I've probably posted this as an article on Chainsaw Buffet before, back way back when we were first getting started, and we were playing Rifts, and this guy had a, had a his character was a shifter, which they're mages who specialize in summoning and dimensional portals and things like that. And he would go around. He, he managed to somehow talk me into giving him an amulet, which stored basically the the system's equivalent of mana. And he would go around killing hookers and taking their life force and putting it into his amulet. <laughs> that was, <laughs> and,
2: and, and, uh, well, that's, I think the way you first told that story to us yeah, I'm, was, I'm, uh, uh, uh I, like yeah. the first time he was, he, he set up the scenario where like he yeah. had them alone. And then he said it all real quick. I kill her, kill her. It's, in- Dealer energy in Miami, like real fast, so you couldn't stop him. Like that's pretty much it. A-
1: As if he if he says it fast enough, that closes the window on him doing anything.
0: <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> he survived. And then there was another another guy, tall, dark, and balding in in college, who every game we played, it devolved into automotive destruction every game we played, we crashed a car into something. It doesn't matter what game it was. Something got destroyed by a car. Like the first game we played was again, rifts and his battle strategy when they were fighting a robot monster was crash a truck into it.
2: Okay. Okay. This, this logic makes sense because as we all know from, from numerous, numerous examples in the genre, Robots cannot be killed by a guy with a gun or other weapon, right? Well, like, he was a pyrokinetic, so. Okay. Still doesn't matter, but you know what can kill another ro- a robot? Another, another robot. machine. Yes. Another machine. <laughs> a truck loaded with bombs. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. The way to kill a giant robot is to drive into it.
0: <laughs> he played Shadowrun and ended up driving a car through the emergency room of the hospital. <laughs> And Rifts, or Nightbane, it was the car through a warehouse and around inside the warehouse, evading the bad guys. Um, I can not remember what else. The other The other Rifts game, there was also, he ran over a small gargoyle and it survived and clawed up through the floor to grab his foot. Which he promptly almost shot his foot off trying to shoot it. We were kinda dumb back then.
1: Agreed. <laughs> well is there anything else or are we done with this uh trip I, I think to Payne with with Mountain? <laughs>
0: Oh, I think we're done with this travesty for tonight.
1: Okay. Well, Dylan, you had something that you wanted to discuss this week.
2: Yep. I, yeah, I kind of wanted to continue on the discussion we had about, um, or I, I guess I had some footnotes to the discussion we had about games that are not games. Yes. Because I keep on using um, things like The Walking Dead and Kentucky Route Zero as an example. It's really funny because I finally, and, and I've, I've been meaning to do this for a while, um uh, go back and play the telltale games uh, back to the future series just to see what they did with it um it's really interesting because it's taking me back to playing old-school adventure games in the sense that once you play something like The Walking Dead or Kentucky Route Zero the game is as I you know as as I discussed, when we talked about that is setting up the context, the metagame is kind of, you know, talking to other people who've played it and say, okay, well, what did you do? And more importantly, why did you do it? You know, um, if I don't know if Mike is ever planning on putting up the, uh, kind of wrap up podcast we did on the walking dead, but that, that, that was a great podcast, um, for, for game marks. um, but anyway, it's interesting going back to um, the, the Back to the Future game because it is kind of that step back narrative-wise. It's, it's interesting storytelling, especially now that I'm getting into uh, Act 3 where you change the timeline and Doc Brown becomes this uh, moralizing um, dictator figure. Um, so they're doing crazy things with it, but it's really interesting that so many of the puzzles end up being like, all right, all the characters are set pieces. They say the same thing every time until you get like the right conditions and then everything works and you go on. Um, so, you know, when we're, when we're having that discussion about games that are not games, um, Realize that even the, you know, even when we're talking about like the best examples, like Braid and um, The Walking Dead and stuff like that, there is a whole like there is a pretty wide gamut of games that fall into that that don't do the storytelling part of it so well.
0: We, we or, should or it
2: to the same extent.
1: We should track down the uh, Telltale Games Law and Order game and do like a game night of that.
2: I don't know if I have one of the old CD-ROM games. I don't know if it was Telltale. But man, those things frustrate me cuz back back in the day I did play King's Quest. Yeah. And when I when I when I say like the it's kind of shocking to go back and play uh back to the future. King's Quest was not really character driven as I remember. You would at least some of the earlier ones. It was pretty much like You walk around, you pick up items one, two, and three, you combine items one and two to create this other item, and now you have all the requirements, so this character shows up. Now it's kind of like a lot of the puzzles seem to be um, you know, you set up, um, you do thing A, or you, yeah, like you do thing A and B, and then you can talk to this one person who normally. uh, always says the same thing but if you've got the right conditions set up it allows you to move on and at the end of every puzzle you're like that doesn't even make sense how it would work unless you start from the solution and work backwards um, which I'm, i am that's a very short explanation and I'm not, I'm sure that is all clear as mud but mm-hmm. I don't know it uh we we should do a game night of that
1: it would just be so
2: but i i I think if i keep playing this it will burn me out on like that second generation of adventure games and then maybe i'll go back and play king's quest and find out i hope they stand up uh
1: who knows (laughs) all right um Well, for my thing of the week, uh, I wanted to touch on something, again, something we've discussed in the past, but since we're formalizing this into segments, uh, I think it's worth bringing up. I wanted to talk about the idea of evolving iterative game design. Um, It's not something that I think would work for every type of game, but there are a number of games um, I think fighting games this would be useful for and they do it to a degree especially uh, Street Fighter 4 because after they released Super Street Fighter 4 they then did a couple of updates that were done digitally Just you know, they sold a separate disc but you didn't have to buy the disc You, you know, if you own Super Street Fighter 4 you could update it and they're doing another update that's coming out next year and they made some announcements too this week which was sort of the impetus for me to bring it up now um but i really think a game like madden or something you know, a, a sports game where uh you don't have to change a lot you can you know do a few patches update rosters and you know maybe add a feature or two through updates and charge for it i think it seems like it would be such a e- relatively easy thing to do for developers uh something that would make them at least an equal amount of money and save us a lot of money instead of doing a disc based release for Madden every single year. We don't need to rebuy the you know people don't need to rebuy Madden every year. It changes so little and the tweaks are so minor it could easily be done via you know an online update. Um why not since they're working off the same engine for an entire generation because- why not make the most of that and just save yourself the the cost of distributing it and giving the retailer and you know the shipping teams and all those people their cut skip the middleman you know charge 15 20 bucks for an update and there we go you're still making money you know i'm saving 40 bucks a year
0: apparently enough people are willing to pay the 40 bucks a year that they don't feel like they have to well that's what i'm saying though you know how much How much is the developer
1: getting off of a disk though it's not sixty dollars i mean the, the the money's going to other places, so you know they they may as well mitigate that cost if they're just going to work with the same engine for five, six, seven years uh graphically speaking, just do the tweaks you were going to do anyway and you know give us the option of updating.
2: Well, I suspect there's a couple of things going on. I mean, one, it's a perception thing, you know, because if you can download the update as opposed to buy... If you can download an update that magically changes Madden 2013 into Madden 2014, the average gamer is probably going to perceive that a lot differently than if you, you know, if you go out, buy a disc, and it's a completely different game. And instantly... They start out from you know ground or from you know like zero. You know they have to get all of their achievements again. They have to build back up to where they are. It's it's kind of like the equivalent of um, you know in a in an MMO like doing all these little fetch quests to build up.
1: You can you can have a new version and have it separate from the on disk game. Uh, that's what the Street Fighter updates do. You know, you've got Super Street Fighter 4, and then you have Arcade Edition, and they're two, you know, in terms of, you know, characters and things like that, they're two different games, and you can choose to play one or the other, uh, you know, from the menu, so I don't see there's any reason that you couldn't do that for Madden, where you know you can choose which year that you purchase that you want to play, and when you purchase it, you know you get new uh, achievements that you can unlock and things like that. There's there's no reason you can't do it. It's been done.
2: No, and I, I agree. And I think that's kind of the second part of it is I don't see this happening with a Call of Duty or Madden specifically because it's working. There's no like it's working, and despite the costs involved. It is probably making them a lot of money on sales. It's probably making a lot of them of money on, you know, the associated merchandising because you know everything runs, you know, something related to Call of Duty or Madden or whatever.
1: This is my counterpoint to that. Um, what's the one thing that Atari and EA want to, or not Atari, EA and Activision, Activision want to kill more than anything? They want to kill used games. Yes. And what better way of doing that? Then by just having everything be digital, you know, you buy the game once, you keep it as long as you want to, and then you're buying the updates every year. If you sell that game back, which you're free to do, you know, you're going to lose access to all, you know, all the uh, updates that you bought too.
2: I agree. I agree. And, and I think... if
1: somebody buys the game used, they still have to pay to get, you know, whatever the current year
0: is.
2: I I agree, but I still think the perception that's of... truly evil. Of a, Why haven't they done it? Well, I think that the perception of just an update versus a whole new game probably counteracts the used versus new thing. I, But my point is, I, I think where this is going to change is not in Madden or Call of Duty or something like that. I think where this is going to change is games like, like you're saying, like Super Street Fighter. It's going to be... Um, I guess one example I'm thinking of is, like, you know, I bought Kentucky Route Zero. I've got two acts, but they haven't, you know, I bought the quote-unquote season pass, the only way you can buy it. I'm going to get the other three acts later. You know, there's 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 tons and tons of examples you could probably come up with of this working. And I think it's going to be kind of like Rock Band, where, you know, um, DDR was doing their crappy, you know, on disc unlock, uh, because I think some of their, their, uh, DLC was like that on, on 360. You know, Guitar Hero didn't really have their stuff together and they were releasing a new version every year or so. Every
1: nine months.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, Rock Band comes along and, like, gets the DLC store concept right. Um, and actually, I want to say it's one of the reasons that, um, with 360, they I think they had to work with Microsoft to get that whole DLC store thing working instead of just like bringing up the 360 menu. Um, mm-hmm. But my, my point is, I think it's gonna it's gonna it's not gonna be like the mainstream high seller that that does it. It's gonna be other things, and it's finally gonna erode where they have no choice but to do that, but to follow suit. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying I wouldn't look towards Madden. Like, Madden is not the example I would use. I think it's going to be...
1: It's. I, I know that they... Okay. EA and Activision are far too myopic to do anything that forward-thinking. Um. But I still think that is the example that should be used, because it's the most blatant offender of we're putting out a mildly uh changed version of the same game every single year without fail.
2: But, well, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily that they're even myopic. I'm sure someone has suggested that, but I'm, I imagine the reaction people are getting is, yeah, but what about this? But what about this? Well, we can't do this if we, you know... And they're looking at all these interests that they're, you know, beholden to. You know, well, like th- I said, merchandising and such. And... Just,
1: I, I... I don't know how much, you know, merchandising is associated at least with Madden, maybe more with Call of Duty, yeah. but um
2: well, I, that's that's the first example I can come up with, but I I I really do think it's like it's such a a massive thing that you can't just stop and turn it on a dime.
1: Well, uh here's the thing. Activision of all companies should have learned about um you know, over over milking the cash cow because that's what they did to uh, Tony Hawk, that's what they did to Guitar Hero, and it's what they're going to do to uh, Call of Duty. You would think that one of these larger developers would have taken a look at that and you know thought, how can we keep this from happening to us? But apparently not.
2: Well, as long as they're churning through new IP, I don't think that's as much of an issue. I think I definitely think it will happen, but I think it will be when it becomes kind of an industry standard concept, more of an industry industry standard com- concept elsewhere, and that they're forced to do it. Well, I, it's a great I, idea, but I would
1: hope that since uh, you know the plan to ruin the used games, that uh, you know. I, I, I purport was uh, probably spearheaded by uh, Activision and EA saying, hey, Microsoft, we'll support you uh, with a lot of exclusives if you'll uh, yep. make a really crappy used game policy. And then it was so crappy that they uh, had to do an uh, Xbox 180 on it. Um, may, Maybe someone will, will go for that now, since uh, plan A of uh, murder everyone at GameStop and plan B of... Uh, you know, making used games not work on consoles <laughs> haven't worked. Maybe Plan C will be, uh, you know, let's try let's try this uh, DLC thing and see if that works.
2: Well, it probably will, because, I, I mean, again, I go back to, like, the original generation. You know, PS2 didn't have a, you know, any sort of built-in networking system. The original Xbox did, but it took a while. Like, it was only, like, the flagship products, like Halo, that really made use of... of DLC and Xbox Live and stuff like that. And so, you know, we got the new generation of consoles. It took a couple of years before people figured out how to do, like, I don't think, I mean, we're kind of forgetting, I think, how bad DLC was done at first, and, you know, horse armor, you know, that sort of crap. And so I think maybe you're right. Like, this generation... Um, It'll take them a little while, but they'll figure out that the old models are not working, that the changes that both Microsoft and Sony will undoubtedly make to the the DLC and online store system will make a lot of these things uh, like good choices and and they can't afford not to do them.
1: Well, Somebody needs to get on this soon because I'm I'm tired of tired of seeing you know, the same uh, two people on that Walmart Magnum commercial every single year. Uh, anyway, anybody mm-hmm. else have anything uh, for this week before we wrap it up?
2: That's it. Um, I was gonna say like uh, we, oh, we talk about
1: we, we do need to do recommendations real quick. I almost forgot.
2: Yeah, well, I was gonna talk about um, upcoming conventions. Oh yeah, since I actually um. So, I'm going to be at GMX, and I've got... Um,
1: and that is this coming weekend from the time we are releasing
2: Yes. This. November 1st through 3rd, I believe. Yes. Um, Saturday, they've got me scheduled. My uh, uh, Awesome Tabletop Games recommendation panel scheduled. and That's, I believe,
1: that's A-W-E-S-O-M-E, not O-S-M,
2: correct? Yes, that is, because otherwise that would be kind of taking... That'd be a little bit tacky. That would be tacky. Um, And also, like, people would go, like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't understand the context. There's an inside joke because people don't know podcasts. It's
1: true. Um, We don't even know our podcast.
2: Um, And then I've also got, and I believe I I will be able to corral Charlie into also sitting on this, but... um, Nonfiction for Geeks, which we gave two years ago at GMX. And I'm going to do on Sunday at like 3 or 4. The Dead Zone.
1: But yeah. The time Um, when everyone else is uh, getting ready to leave.
2: Yeah. And also, the weekend after that, which I believe would be November 8th through 10th, is Anime Blast Chattanooga. And I've got approvals for uh, Awesome Tabletop Games and Drawing with Inkscape there, but I have no idea what the scheduling will look like, so...
1: Maybe uh, by next week we'll know a little bit more. Yes, yep.
2: but I just wanted to uh, promote that out there, so people...
1: Y- I- yes. Uh, you, you should go to both those conventions if you're in the area and able to do so, because uh, we we know the people that run both those cons, and they've always been great to us, so we do yep. appreciate them.
2: Despite what we are.
1: <laughs> right
2: well aside from that they've just always been really good about um, running a good convention
1: yes um, so really quick let's do uh, our manager specials for the week uh, Chad what have you got for us
0: I recommend not eating yellow snow alright Recommend- I have no other recommendations. <laughs> that's fine.
1: You know what I said? It could be life advice, anything. <laughs> you know, fine, fine. Don't eat yellow. Don't stove. buy
0: that's an air Tonic from a bald salesman.
1: Hello. That one. Be, be fragile with that one. That's an antique. Um. That too. Uh, Dylan, how about you?
2: Okay, I'm actually gonna recommend another uh, manga because um, I've actually just this week gotten f- not finished with it, but at least caught up to where it's releasing on ebook, and it's sort of hard to find outside of ebook. Uh, How about
1: horse ebook? No. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, Twin Spica, which is yes, another um manga that I picked up from Basil's uh manga panel is it's about a girl in the near it's set in the near future, um, where Japan has attempted to launch a manned space program and their first rocket, um, ended in like blew up or something. I don't remember the nature of the accident, but it not only kills everyone, you know, who's on board it, you know, the, the fallout in the surrounding area. So everyone's got a story of, Everyone knows someone who has who's been injured in that. Um and so this girl whose mother has been killed in that accident and whose father is work actually works for the company who built the rocket, um, decides like her dream is to go into space, so she goes to space school. And it's it's is just anything
0: like the space
2: hospital we mentioned last time? No. No, it is having having like gone through eight uh, issues of this and this is published by vertical by the way so I think you can go to their site and they've got links to where you can buy both the print and ebook if it's available I think they're actually up to 12 but you know they they've published 12 in print or something but nine is coming out on ebook soon and it's hard to find because a lot of the the volumes are out of print, but yeah, coming like stepping back from it, it is kind of melodramatic because, you know, you've got all the characters who are somehow injured in the, uh, the accident with, uh, the rocket called the lion. Oh, and incidentally, uh, the girl also sees the ghost of an astronaut from the rocket and gives her advice he's dressed up in a big lion costume. Because 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 Japan it sounds weird. But like when you get into it, it's like, okay, fine. I can, I can accept this. Although, like I said, it is a little bit melodramatic because you've got all the injuries and then the main character well, had this boyfriend or had this guy, she had a crush on as a child, but he died of cancer. And then one of the other, um, one of the other pilots or, or students is, uh um, like, her dad is super overprotective of her because she's got this, um, um, shall we say, very uh, very sci-fi uh, health problem, and uh, she has to take pills to live, and it's just like. Is she have little... like
1: alien aids or something? How sci-fi no, is? No, I'm it?
2: not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reveal it. Okay. It's it's just. it's, it's like. It's it's like watching several episodes of um, Six Feet Under back to back. Well,
1: that's refreshing.
2: But it's good.
1: <clears throat> uh, anything else, Dylan? No, nah, I think that's it. okay. Um, you know, since we already talked about uh, the upcoming conventions. Um,
2: you can still recommend it. I didn't mean to take that away. I just no, thought-
1: it's it's fine. It's fine. I mean they're they they're good people. Go go visit them. Um, uh, goodness. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm going to recommend Extra Life. Um, because it's something that I probably won't be able to participate in this year, but I've participated in it in the past, and it's something I recommend everyone who is able and willing to do so to, to do because um, the great thing about Extra Life is a 24-hour marathon, uh, gaming marathon uh, for charity. And it goes through the Children's Miracle Network. And the cool thing is that you get to pick the hospital it goes to. So if there's a local affiliated hospital in your area, I know there's one for Knoxville. Um, you can pick, and it goes to that charity, to, to that hospital. Um, if you have the abil- ability to stream on Twitch or UStream or something like that, you know, talk it over with uh, your friends and family. Let them know you'll be... Uh, disposed uh, for uh, you know 24 hours and just play and, and get the word out and try and raise money it's for a good cause and you can do it you know at your own pace and do it for you know a place that you pick and it's fun and it's it's great so do it <laughs> it's the least convincing picture. but uh, I shouldn't have to uh, try and extol the virtues of charity to people.
2: No, especially, like, ch- these are children's hospitals. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's hard to not get behind <laughs>
0: that. Don't,
1: don't be a dick. Support the children. Um, anyway, anybody else have anything for this week?
0: Mm, I think that's pretty good.
1: Nope. All right. Well, everyone, I yep. uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, check back next week. We'll have uh, new stuff to talk about, ostensibly. Uh, and
2: and <laughs> we'll hear Dylan say... Nothing.
1: You idiot. Dylan's dead. He's locked in my basement. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week.